We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about BlueWire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at BlueWire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast happy new year happy 2021 packers fans it is the pack a day podcast welcoming 2021 and i am jason perone along with paul brittle mark eckel is Taking some respite this week, so we will welcome him to 2021 next week. Paul, how are we doing up in the Dairyland State of Wisconsin? How's the weather? Let's get the weather report. <laughs> I, I am doing well. Thank you for asking. And the weather is, you know, it's pretty standard this time of the year. It's mid-20s, cloudy. We actually got, gosh, I think last, obviously last Sunday, everyone saw on TV during the game. I mean, I think we got four or five inches and then on Wednesday. Tuesday night into Wednesday, we got another five or six inches of snow. So it is covered up here. But uh, other than that, it's pretty typical. Yeah, a typical winter wonderland. And the weather in Chicago for this, this weekend's game between the Packers and the Bears at Soldier Field is expected to be around 34 degrees for a high, partly sunny. Although I don't think the sunshine is going to matter because the game starts at 325, which means it will be dark by the end of the first quarter. So it's the temperature is only going to drop from there 
And again, we all know how I feel about the playing service in Chicago. So I have a lot of a lot of concerns. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well, Paul, and that the new year is treating you well so far. I am not doing well. And I think everybody knows the answer to why <laughs> that is the case. This is the injury update show, as it always is every Saturday. There has not been prior to Thursday a better feeling about this Packers team after the game against the Titans last weekend where they they rolled, they beat Tennessee. They signed Snacks Harrison this week for some, you know, fortify the defense a little bit. And then we get the news on Thursday on New Year's Eve. One last punch to the gut from 2020 that left tackle David Bakhtiari has torn his ACL. He will miss the rest of the season. It was confirmed by the team on Friday. Head coach Matt LaFleur spoke to the media. Aaron Rodgers spoke to the media. So, Paul, you and Jacob Westendorf and I all did a emergency edition of Pulse of the Pack to kind of talk about the instant reaction, the raw reaction to this whole thing. It's obviously devastating, not just because David Bakhtiari is their all-pro left tackle, was set to make another Pro Bowl. He's pro football focuses, top-graded left tackle, but he's also the heart and soul of this team. We talked a little bit before we started tonight's show, uh, today's show, and and that was the thing I I think is just as concerning as not having Bakhtiari out there, although we'll talk about how the Packers will mitigate it, is the the mental and the emotional factor when you don't have one of your, your studs out on the field. Now, fortunately, he'll still be around in the locker room, but there won't be any any David Bakhtiari on the field. So, Paul, that mental aspect, and, and Aaron Rodgers is, is kind of a you know an emotional guy. So it's definitely a good point. I think it's something that we have to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Matt LaFleur's press conference on Friday, I mean, he talked about how on practice on Thursday when Bakhtiari got carted off, there was just a noticeable difference in kind of the tone of that, of that practice. And that's understandable. I mean, you see your, you know, your, one of your star players, and I think – you could make an easy argument that after Aaron Rodgers, he's the second most important player on this Packers team. He's the guy who protects Aaron Rodgers' blind side. So when he was carted off the field, Lafleur, you know, he was honest and said that there was just a noticeable change in tone throughout practice. Um, Aaron Rodgers said that he was still processing everything, and this was on Friday when he was talking to the media. So he's still working his way through that. I mean. We've seen those two go back and forth this year. They're obviously best friends. So in that regard, it's difficult. And then from the football aspect, it's difficult as well. But Matt LaFleur did say at Friday's practice, he was impressed with how the team performed. They were locked in. They were ready to go. So that's, of course, going to be a positive sign. And I think it's something, as you said, it's something certainly to be mindful of, um, the mental aspect of it. But this is a, you know, this is a professional team. They have strong leadership in the floor, Rodgers, you know, Devante, Z on the defensive side and others. So I think this team is still going to be uh, ready to go on Sunday, and they're going to have to be. I think that a lot of what Aaron Rodgers is saying and where he's coming from is the emotional aspect, like you said, the emotional aspect of it. Because Aaron Rodgers has talked several times, and, and more so over the last three or four years, as he knows that he's entering his mid-30s, late-30s, that he's not going to play forever, and he's starting to soak up some of these moments and has talked mm-hmm. about the relationship with his teammates. And he and David Bakhtiari have been tight since the day Bach arrived in Green Bay over seven years ago. That's a long time. It's a, you know, that's a long friendship. And Bakhtiari has been a stud ever since then. His story, being a fourth-rounder, coming up, taking over the reins as left tackle. The Packers really didn't have anybody since Chad Clifton retired after they won their last Super Bowl in 2010. And I think Rodgers can relate to that, you know, not being picked first overall, 
dropping to 24th, overcoming odds, replacing Brett Favre. Those two have a really, really close bond. David Bakhtiari is also just one of those personalities that he's not somebody who's easy to forget. Now, the one thing I did say on Pulse last night was he's still going to be around the team. And if I'm David Bakhtiari, I realize, look, even if I can't be on the field, I'm still part of this team. He's still very much part of everything this team has accomplished. And it's not just about 2020. He's been here the last seven years. He's been through some of the ups and downs that you know, wretched 2018 season, the transition from Mike McCarthy to Matt LaFleur. He's been protecting Aaron Rodgers longer than you know anybody else has over the time that Rodgers has been a starter. I, I tell Matt LaFleur, look, I just I want to I want a message to the team. I either want to talk to the team or I want to send a message to the team and be like, guys, go play. Go play. Get over it. Go play. I'm here. I'm on the sidelines. I'm with you. Don't go play. And that's what the Packers need to do. Like you said, Paul, they've got they've got a big task ahead of them here. The, the number one seed in the NFC is still on the line against the Bears on Sunday. And, and if the Packers, all they need to do is win. They still have it all right in front of them. The line on this game, for whatever it's worth to those of you out there, and, and I don't gamble, but I do look at the line in terms of how confident the public is about the matchup, is still... The Packers are still favored by six. And as far as the other injuries on the list, there's only one of consequence really to talk about. Kingsley Kiki has been ruled out. He has a concussion. He didn't practice all week. It's a big loss in the defensive line. Kiki has been playing really well the second half of this season. He's really shown up and and is proving the Packers once again found a gem in the middle of the draft. But hopefully he's okay. It's a head injury concussion, so Kiki won't play. And I think this is one of those times where it's like, man, the bye week would really help someone like that. If they can get that bye week, get that week off, then they come back. You know, you never know how this this game's going to shake out. But if they can come out of this game relatively healthy, this is a very, very small injury list this week. Uh, Simon Stepaniak is the only other designated player on the injury list. Uh, if you if you don't include David Bakhtiari, who was placed on injured reserve, Stepaniak still knee injury, non-football injury list. He practiced all week, but he's listed as questionable. So whether or not he'll play or not is, is going to be an interesting thing. You would think with the Bakhtiari injury, the Packers are going to have to do some things with how they, they fortify the depth of their offensive line. But the million-dollar question, Paul, is how do and, – and then after we do this, we'll talk about the Bears because the Bears have some injuries as well, and they're going to have some struggles because uh, their injuries are in the secondary, and we all know who catches passes for the Green Bay Packers. But as far as the offensive line, Paul, have you changed your stance from how you thought – you know, on Thursday night when we did Pulse, as far as what is your lineup? You, obviously, Corey Lindsay's at center. and But outside of that, how are you lining up this this team? And what is your thought on how the Packers can mitigate this uh, loss of Bakhtiari? I think in the big part of this injury report is Rick Wagner, who didn't participate on Wednesday. He's not listed, so he is going to play. And that's huge for the Packers. And I think that allows them. So... I mean, we know Bakhtiari missed three games earlier this season, and Billy Turner took over at left tackle in his spot during those three games. And I have to say, I was, you know, pretty impressed with how he performed, as I have been this entire season. He's certainly exceeded my expectations, as I have had several articles out over the summer and offseason questioning uh, what what we were going to get from him this season. So he has gone above and beyond, and that includes at left tackle took 120 snaps there only gave up a sack and four pressures obviously he's no David Bakhtiari but I think that this um, 
I, my guess is that that's who they're going to roll with that left tackle just because that's what they did earlier in the season. And it creates the least amount of movement. It keeps Elton Jenkins at left guard, Lindsley at center, keeps Rick Wagner at right tackle. And then Lucas Patrick will slide in at right guard where he's played a decent amount of season and throughout his career. So I think that creates the least amount of movement. Turner's showing that he can fill in at that position at left tackle. As I said, he's no David Bakhtiari. But as a whole, that's still a very, you know, that's still a solid group. That's a strong group there. Um, you know, Jacob Morley popped in on our uh, chat last night, and he said, you know, the offensive line is the it's the sum of the group more so than the individual player. And that's still a very good group that the Packers have right there. So my guess is it's going to be Turner, Jenkins, Lindsley, Patrick, and Wagner, who fortunately for us is healthy. And uh, one other uh, uh, piece to keep in mind is on Friday, Malafleur mentioned that they might kind of change the – the offensive line based on who they're playing. So let's say they roll with that group next week or this week on Sunday. They might not do that the next game that they play. It might be based on matchups. We've seen that he, Matt LaFleur, is willing to shake that group up. Part of the reason is that he's had to because of injuries, but also in part he wants to play matchups. And so we might see a totally different group out there in the playoffs than what we do on Sunday. Or, you know, what my prediction is right now, who knows, maybe that's totally wrong and they go with a different group. They could, but I think you make a lot of a lot of good points there. And I was kind of banging the hey, move Elton Jenkins to left tackle, knee jerk reaction, emotional reaction. Hey, put your best player out there. They're screwed. Oh my God, David Bakhtiari's not going to play. But I think you you make a, a lot of sense there. And Jake Morley made a good point too. Like he said, he the the sum of the parts, right? And so to your point, Paul. Create the least amount of movement possible. Elton Jenkins is your Pro Bowl left guard. Let him play left guard and be a Pro Bowl left guard. The Packers gave up zero sacks in the first meeting between these two teams, and that was just a few weeks ago. Lucas Patrick was part of that effort. So I have no problem with Lucas Patrick being out there. He struggled against the Carolina Panthers. I don't know anything about offensive line play, and Paul, I don't know if you have any insight real quick on this, but I think... It's a some guys struggle, and yes, some guys are just proven not to be very good offensive linemen. But I think in Lucas Patrick's case, I think that was just a case of he had a bad week, and maybe it was just a tough matchup that he got caught off guard by. I don't think we need to be concerned about Lucas Patrick because of that one game. I think his whole body of work, and I know you might not have done extensive research on it, but would you agree his his whole body of work this season has been really good? Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. 
Yeah, I do agree with you. His, uh, I mean, that Panthers game was not good by any stretch of the imagination. But, I mean, as you said, his body of work this year, he's been very solid. And I know he's ranked it by ESPN's, you know, like pass block, run block, win rate numbers, you know, up there with some of the better guards in the league. So overall, he's been solid. It was one game. Um, and something else to keep your eye on is because he did have – did have issues against Carolina. It looks like or Akeem Hicks is listed as questionable for the Bears, and he did not play the last time that these two teams met, but he has played up uh, recent weeks. So if he if he's good to go, that'll be another factor this week that wasn't in play last time. But as we just said, Patrick's been overall solid this season, and the Packers still have Lindsley at center and Jenkins at the other guard position as well to help with that. I think the one thing to be mindful of, and we can't project injuries because it's no, there's no way to do it, that the Packers have an answer right now. They have a solution. But Corey Lindsley has missed time. Billy Turner missed the first couple games this season. Rick Wagner has missed some time as well. He's gotten injured and hurt and come out of games early. So your one injury, it's razor thin in terms of what your options are here. I mean, they have a good option right now, but if any of their five go down in this game or during the playoffs, it's going to get really tough depending on who it is. If, if it's now... The Packers have the Swiss Army knife and Elton Jenkins. So if anybody goes down, Jenkins could potentially move into their position if they don't like the depth that they have anywhere else for that particular role. And then you can move some guys around. You can move Billy Turner to left tackle, right tackle. John Runyon Jr. has played some snaps this season. I don't know if you want him playing a full game just yet. And the Packers are now facing the best of the best, and they're going to be facing playoff teams that are playing for the right to go to the Super Bowl and to win a championship. And we all know how playoff football goes. It's just a completely different beast. So it's the depth. It's that depth. The other thing, too, is you want to – I talk about veterans and having veterans, and you've got to have some savvy on your team, and you need guys with some experience at this time of the season to kind of keep everyone together, hold it together, be the glue. Big dog, Mercedes Lewis, the tight end there. I have a hard time believing that – the offense and Matt LaFleur are not scheming up ways that he can't help in the passing game. I mean, this, this Bears defense, now talking about the injury injuries on the other side, you mentioned Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks was listed on the injury report with an illness, but he is going to play this week. He is not ruled out. The Bears are going to be without starting cornerback Jalen Johnson and nickel cornerback Buster Screen. So Kyle Fuller will be out there, but the Pack, or the Bears are going to be without their their two of their top three corners. And Devontae Adams is coming into this game one touchdown shy of tying the franchise record. And I think he's only a, uh, he's a manageable number of yards short of and, and catches and all kinds of all kinds of things that he can do. Now, obviously, the Packers need to win the game. But if you don't think every single guy and girl on this this <laughs> within this organization isn't going to do everything they possibly can to win this game, not just for David Bakhtiari, but it's a one seed. It's a chance to add to your legacy. It's a chance to bring another Super Bowl home. Every player dreams of being a Super Bowl champion. The Packers have not had a better opportunity in front of them at this point in the season. In 2010, they were playing for their life in Week 17. It was a big game, but they didn't have a chance to to sew up the one seed and have the opportunity to stay at home. So there isn't going to be any shortage of effort 
on the Packers side, and they're going to have a big opportunity there. I don't want to go overboard right now and just say, hey, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. But if you go two tight end sets here, Paul, my point is if you go two tight end sets and you've got Robert Tunyon on one side, you've got Big Dog on the other side, and he's really kind of there to help chip and and block and pass protection. And the, the Packers should get uh, Jamal Williams back. Uh, this week and as fact in fact they will get Jamal Williams back because he was a full participant both Thursday and Friday and he'll be back out there and he's good in pass protection I I think the Packers can still run their offense how big of a change does this make David Bakhtiari's out but you've got the guys there to help chip and and does it make you feel any better that you've got some of those additional pieces to help keep the offense going the way that it's going because the one thing we talked about before we started recording was you don't want to go too far off script and you want to make sure Aaron Rodgers stays comfortable back there. And obviously the, the short passes and the easy stuff, you know, dink and dunk control the clock. I think that's that's going to be an important strategy for this weekend's game against Chicago. Yeah, we talked about it last night and then that Chiefs at TV on Friday wrote about it as well, how this uh, Packers team is just well equipped to be able to absorb a loss like David Bakhtiari. And there's really two reasons behind that one is the versatility of the offensive line i mean we've seen it all year we've touched and touched on it already how these guys can just bounce from position to position and do so pretty seamlessly i mean the packers are their first in espn's pass block metric run block metric they've given up the second fewest sacks the fewest pressures this season i mean and that's with just constant movement most of these guys have played multiple positions this season they've lost lane taylor for the year now Bakhtiari, we've seen rookie sixth-rounder John Runyon step in. I mean, all this just constant movement, and they've still been what I think is the best unit in the NFL this season. So for that reason, I think that they can absorb it. And then Matt LaFleur, uh, I mean, he's just been, you know, magnificent as a play caller. And you mentioned I think we're going to see, you know, there will be some additional help from a guy like Mercedes Lewis or uh, Robert Tunyon with chips, uh, maybe get Rodgers rolling out of the pocket a little bit more. But I think for the most part, this is going to be, you know, the same offense that we've seen this season running the ball, which is obviously going to help, you know, mitigate some of the pressure that can be put on the left tackle position. And then Rodgers gets the ball out a lot quicker than what he has in years past in the Lafleur system. So those are two just kind of natural, um, you know, emphasis of this offense that are already built in that are going to help the left tackle position, whoever they end up putting there, whether it's Turner or Jenkins. Um, and then between Lafleur's play calling and, as I said, the the versatility and high level of play of the entire offensive line, this is absolutely a, you know, it sucks. There's no replacing Bakhtiari. They're not going to be as good along the offensive line by any means, but it's a, it's a loss that they can't absorb. Yeah, I think that's true. I'm, I mean, I, as I'm sitting here talking about it with you, it makes me feel, I'm even making myself feel more comfortable. It's like, okay, think about all these ways that the Packers can get by. Now, this is for one game against the Bears. They have to win this game against the Bears, but it is really truly a one game at a time approach. Like you said, Paul, they might jumble the offensive line based on the matchup because when you're talking about the Chicago Bears, well, you've got some really good outside pressure. You got Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack. Akeem Hicks in the middle. You have to account for all those types of things. If you're going up against the Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald's in the middle of that def- uh, the offensive line. You really have to kind of, where's it coming from? Where's the pressure coming from? The Bears are playing for a playoff spot. They're coming after Green Bay. 
Eddie Robinson, the, the Bears Pro, uh, Pro Bowl safety, said, look, we, we've heard all the comments about the Packers wanted to, wanted to beat us, which, you know, shocker and spoiler alert, the Packers think they're going to win the game. So I'll go ahead and get upset, Eddie, Eddie, Jack, Eddie Jackson. But he said, we're, we're done talking. We're just going to play. I think the Bears defense is going to come out and play tough and play physical. They always do. This is one of those matchups where you just kind of hope that guys come out healthy. There have been some questionable plays in the past. I look to the hit that Danny Trevathan put on Devontae Adams back in 2017. Hakeem Hicks is a talker. You know, and again, Chicago's playing for their playoff life. And if you think about it, some of these guys are playing for their jobs. Head coach Matt Nagy might be playing for his job. GM Ryan Pace, Mitch Trubisky for his future. Because think about this, Paul. This game could be a big tipping point in the career of Mitch Trubisky. If the Bears win this game, get into the playoffs, even if they don't win, there's confidence enough to say, hey, okay, we can we can sign this guy or add him, or maybe he stays the Bears quarterback and they roll with him, and they're like, okay, he can get it done. If the Packers come out and win like they did last time, score 40-plus and, and win by two or three possessions, and Mitch throws two interceptions or turns the ball over a couple times, it's a completely different narrative. So Chicago is going to be putting together their best game plan possible. But as I always say, and as Mark would say if he was here to honor him as he's not with us on this week's show, what's the quarterback matchup like on each side? And that's where the Packers mm-hmm. have a clear advantage is Aaron Rodgers. But this is a very, very pivotal game for a lot of key figures in in Chicago. And I, I don't know if you agree. I think I think Chicago's going to bring it, and you got to take them out of this game early and, and get a big lead early and kind of take them out of it mentally. Otherwise, it's going to be a draining three hours. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a divisional matchup. It's on the road. Like you said, they're fighting for their playoff lives as well. I mean, I expect this to be a, a, a tough matchup for the Packers, and you know, if we're fortunate enough to watch another blow like we did the last time they played them, I sure hope so. But, I mean – the Bears, their offense has actually been putting up points the last month since they last played Green Bay. I think they're averaging like 35 points a game or something ridiculous like that. They've been, uh, since Bill Lazor's taken over play calling, they've been relying a lot more on David Montgomery and running the ball. He's averaging 20, over 20 attempts per game compared to 14 prior to this four-game stretch. So relying on him, there's a lot more play action, a lot more of getting Trubisky out of the pocket which just makes reads easier for him. You know, you get him rolling out. He only has to read half the field versus the whole field. So, I mean, he's done a good job with play calling, putting them in position to put up points. With that said, we've still seen some Mitch Trubisky-esque throws and plays, I guess is how I'll say it. And it's not like they've gone up against murderers a row of defense here. In terms of points per game allowed, Detroit ranks 32nd, Houston's 26th, Minnesota's 28th, and Jacksonville's 31st. So... They, they have, I know the Packers defense is taking some grief this year, but they're a lot better than those units. So the the Bears are going to be in for their biggest test since they last faced the Green Bay Packers, and they certainly haven't gone up against offenses like the Green Bay Packers. Uh, if you know Aaron Rodgers and this offense can jump out to a you know a 10-0 lead, 14-0 lead, how does that change things, and do they get away from Montgomery? Because then you put the ball in Trubisky's hands, force him to throw, we, we know who he is at this point. That's going to lead to mistakes, and the Packers should hopefully pull away from that. But they have to tip their tip our cap to them at some point. They've got them. They've put themselves back into position to be in this position to clinch a playoff spot with a win, and they've done it. You know, not with their defense. Their defense is you know they're giving up a decent amount of points during the stretch, but it's their offense who's been putting points on the board. Yeah, so the Bears are are coming together at a good time for themselves in their franchise at this time of year. Like I said, they're in the they're in the mix to earn 
a playoff spot. But if you look at last week's matchup against Tennessee, Tennessee came in with Derrick Henry and two really good wide receivers in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. The Packers were able to handle all, all of those aspects. And this week, it's no surprise. David Montgomery at running back, a very good running back, ripped off a huge run against the Packers in the last matchup. And then Allen Robinson, and Allen Robinson has had some really good games against Green Bay as well. So the Packers have now proven that they can handle a stout run and passing game at the same time. Well, David Montgomery is not Derrick Henry, and the Bears are not the Tennessee Titans. And so I I think the Packers, as long as they stay within themselves and they can get some pressure on, on Trubisky and you know Mitch can run a little bit, and Ryan Tannehill could run as well. I think there's some parallels there to where they can almost take a look at some of the tape and say, hey, how did we defend this? Where can we take a shot and maybe send Darnell Savage on a blitz? Try to create some additional pressure in some of those other other ways that they can help get the Bears' offense off the field because it seems like the biggest need for Green Bay is going to be short series for the Bears' offense and then control the clock, move the ball, You've got Aaron Jones, you've got Jamal Williams, and you've got, you've got the sauce. A.J. Dillon with some confidence coming in off of a huge game this last week. And so this could be one of those times where we go throwback and see the Packers just pound the rock, run the ball a ton of times. Maybe they, they get 30 run attempts on the day if that's the case. And, and Chicago's going to have to deal with whoever's in there because you've got three different you got three different backs. Aaron Jones is your shifty, elusive, dynamic guy. A.J. Dillon's big. He's got some some moves. He's got some speed. And Jamal Williams is a hammer. So I, I think that's the biggest key on offense is establish the run, especially if you're going to have big dog out there and helping in the in the in the passing game or in the yeah I mean in the in the formations there and fortify some of that run blocking and then make sure that Aaron Rodgers stays clean. The first two series, first two or three series, I think are going to be really key. If Aaron Rodgers finds success. They're able to put together an eight-plus play drive, go down and score. I think he'll feel comfortable that he's going to be protected and he can run this offense the way he needs to. He's not going to be able to roll out on every single play. So fans, don't go to your tweet, you know, Twitter during the game and say, why isn't he rolling out more? Because eventually the Bears are going to tee off on that and that's going to become a problem. And it's it's it doesn't always just work that way. But the other nice thing too, Paul, Devontae Adams against... Some corners that, unless Kyle Fuller is shadowing him, that are, are going to be playing on limited time. And even those that have played on a lot of experience in time in the NFL find a lot of issues and trouble with covering Devontae Adams. And I mentioned, I mentioned Adams has got 17 touchdowns. He's one away from tying Sterling Sharp for the most in franchise history. I would have to imagine Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking for number 17 when they get down into that gold zone and they're close to scoring to try to make a little bit of history to add to this magical season that they've had. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this don't get me wrong, it's still a very good Bears defense, but they just don't they just don't seem to have that same bite that they did, you know, a year even or two years ago. The pass rush isn't, you know, they're not generating the same type of pressure and sack numbers that they have in past years. I mean, and we saw in the last time these two teams met, the Packers dropped 41 on them. And I know Kyler, Kyler, Kyler Fuller is a very good cornerback in his own right, but Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. And not having Jalen Johnson or Buster Screen, I mean, those are two massive losses. They're going to be starting a sixth round, a fifth round, sixth round, something like that rookie out there um, against MVS, Al Nazard. So, 
I expect this Packers offense to do what they've done, what they've done all season. And that's, that's put up points and that's going to put pressure on, you know, that bears offense, Mitch Trubisky, and hopefully lead to those turnovers that we've seen him, that we've seen him uh, throw this year. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And it would it would only be fitting, and I called it earlier in the week, and I'm just going to stick with it. I said the Packers would get two turnovers against Tennessee, who didn't turn the ball over much this season, and they did. And Darnell Savage, his, his on his own, could have had three interceptions in that game. He missed a big one that could have gone to the house. I think he's going to house one this week. I think Darnell I Savage. So. I think Darnell Savage houses one this week and, and solidifies himself as a stud safety in this Packers defense. And I think the Packers do get it done. I don't think. I shouldn't say I don't think. I won't be surprised if it's not a high scoring game. I mean, look, this could be a seventeen fourteen type of ball game. It's just the way it goes between the Bears and the Packers. There's been no shortage of banter. Bears fans are real confident. Paul, you know the deal. They get real mm-hmm. confident when their team is good and they come out of the woodwork. And it's all sort of, you know, hey, the, the Packers and the refs against the Bears and all that kind of stuff. I saw probably the best dig outside of the amazing phone wallpaper that I, that I uh, found earlier this week from Midwest Amber, at Midwest Amber on Twitter, which, which, which you can go check out on my pin pin tweet on Twitter was just before New Year's here in the United States. It said, you know, it's in in the U.S. It's 2020 in Australia. It's 2021. And, and in Chicago, in, in Chicago, it's 1985 <laughs> because Bears fans are still living in the living way back in the 1985 season. And, and Amber actually made a funny joke, too, and said, hey, if they want to go watch that game all over again, you know, we can certainly help them do that. And she goes, oh, wait, I don't know if I have a VCR handy in my house to, for them to be able to watch it on videotape because there were no DVDs back then in 1985. So. This is it's it's been a long time that the Packers have owned this series. They were the first team to 100 wins. They've overtaken the Bears. It's it's kind of hard to believe, Paul. And I know that your time following the Packers hasn't hasn't been as long as mine. I started following them in the late 80s, and back then Chicago had a healthy lead in the series, and I think they had won up seven or eight straight before the 1989 game, the reversal, which kind of ended that their fortunes. And then Brett Favre came. We all know what happened. Once Favre and Rodgers took over, it's it's just been three decades of bliss in this matchup. So the Packers need to pull one more out, get that one seed, because the problem is, is if they don't, depending on who wins and loses, there's a good chance that they don't, they don't drop to the two seed. They could drop all the way to the number three seed. Now they have to play wild card weekend. They would get a home game that weekend, but then they're going to be chasing some of the best teams in the NFC. And there's a good chance that they're going to end up having to play at New Orleans and, you know, you don't you don't want to have to go and at Seattle. And those are two places that now the Packers did win in New Orleans earlier this season. But, I, you know, week to week, I don't know if I'd want to take my chances against the uh, the, the Saints 
in the Superdome a second time this season. And we all know how things go when they go to Seattle. So, again, the importance of getting that one seed to just stay at home. I've mentioned it before to not have to travel in this COVID time where, you know, Alvin Kamara just tested positive for for COVID. It sounds like he's going to be able to play next week. But this is these are the things that happen. And these are the things you have to cross your finger. You know, in addition to the uh, the very catastrophic, unfortunate injury to David Bakhtiari, it could have just as easily been uh, COVID for Aaron Rodgers. And then they have to go with Tim Boyle or Jordan Love against the Bears with everything on the line. So Packers really need to pull one out in this game and, and make it easy on themselves. Yeah, it's monumental. I mean, you mentioned it. They If they lose, the Saints play Carolina, the Seahawks play the Niners. Obviously, we never know, but odds are they're winning. Green Bay falls to the one or the to the three seed. They get a home playoff game, and then if we kind of go down the packing order, you know, the top seeds win. They would have to go to Seattle and to New Orleans just to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's a that's a gauntlet right there. So this game is incredibly massive, and we know that they know that. So I I expect them to come out, bring their A game, and we, I mean the defensive performance that we saw last week. Mike Patton said that you know with that on film now, that's the standard. And with that being the standard, if they come out and do that against the Bears or whoever paired with this offense, I don't know who's beating this team. So it's an important game, need to win it, but I do think they're going to. They still have everything in front of them. David Bakhtiari is a huge loss. As a fan, like I said, I'm gutted for David Bakhtiari, but I think I'm more gutted for David Bakhtiari, the man that I'm worried about the Green Bay Packers as a football team. I just believe too much in their leadership. The head coach, Matt LaFleur, the job that he's done, the culture, that this team has set Aaron Rodgers as a leader and all the guys that they have, Zadarius Smith, you added Damon Snacks Harrison. We should probably talk about that just so our listeners can hear our take on this whole thing. It was almost like, I don't know if I jinxed it, but I was, I was walking into the, to the store. I think this was Wednesday and I was like, man, this season they've done so well. They've done so much. And in seasons past, I would have killed for them to add snacks to give themselves a boost. I'm like, they don't really need this boost, but they claimed them anyway. And now they've got this huge veteran, huge body, 6'3", 350. 6'3", 350. And I think, I, I, I hope I'm saying that those numbers right. But I mean, that is a big, big dude in the middle of this defense. And by the way, it, it does sound like if the Packers want, they can activate snacks for this game because he was with Seattle recently and had been in the in the COVID protocols and had met all of those, those requirements. He was out on the field. He was practicing with the team. So if they want, if they want to, they can they can absolutely activate him. It's just another thing that the, the Packers have in their tool belt there to kind of mitigate and, and contend with, you know, if the Packers offense struggles without Bakhtiari and the defense has to be on the field longer, well, that's just one more one more guy and one more big body that can help the Packers get over the hump. And no better time to add a guy like Snacks than right before the the big playoff push. We've seen it before. Everyone talks about Howard Green in 2010 and and having that big guy, but I think it's really more about keeping the other guys up front fresh. Guys like Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster. Paul, you and I have talked about it many, many times. If Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster are rotational guys and they play the right number of snaps, they can be good and very effective. But when they have to play an entire game, it's not necessarily what you want. Snacks Harrison's in the mix now. The Packers have added one more, uh, in, a little bit more insurance there that they, they can make sure the snap counts all make sense. 
Yeah, when he was added on Wednesday, I like everyone else was excited, and I tweeted out the 18th times a charm because they've been they've been pursuing him hard the last <laughs> six months or so. But I didn't. I was just I just assumed he wasn't going to play Sunday. And then when Lafleur was asked about it on Thursday, he he left the door open. Obviously, he didn't say he was going to, but he didn't say he wasn't going to either. And now with Kiki being out, uh, if Snacks doesn't play, that leaves Green Bay with Clark, Lowry, and Lancaster. You know they would bring up probably Brian Price again, but still that's only four interior defensive linemen could play with four, but they've had five a lot this year, I believe. So with all that, I'm starting to think that we are going to see him on Sunday. It's not going to be a, you know, a huge role it might be 15, 20 snaps, you know, just guessing here, but I do think that the opportunity for him to play is far greater now, especially with Kiki being ruled out and snacks Harrison. I mean, when he was at his best, he was, he was an all pro run stuffer. I mean, one of the best, if not the best in the NFL for a number of years, four or five year span. And his his presence, what he provides to this team, it's not always going to show up on the stat sheet. You know, he's not much of a pass rusher. You know, he's not going to log sacks and a ton of sacks and pressures. You know, and even if he doesn't have a bunch of tackles, his presence is still going to be felt because of that body that you mentioned, Jason. He occupies double teams. He takes up space. You know what that does? That frees up guys like Kenny Clark, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. So I, I absolutely I absolutely love the addition in terms of a, a late playoff push. Helps the run defense, which on its own, and to their credit, has been trending upwards since uh, the Minnesota game in Week 8. And we saw it culminate last Sunday with just uh, an outstanding performance from the entire unit against Derrick Henry. So I'm excited about this move. I think it can only help. I think I don't think fans should have expectations that this is going to be all pro Damon Harris coming in or that he's going to be on the field for 70-80% of the snaps. But in a rotational role on those, you know, early downs, I think he can make some impact plays, but perhaps more importantly, free up, free up the big name guys on the defensive front. I don't know Damon Snacks Harrison as a person or a player much, but I can tell you that he has played in this league long enough and he made it known that he was not going to go through waivers, traditional waivers and just sign with and play for any team that claimed him. But he gave the Packers an indication that go ahead and claim me. I'll come play for you. And he understands what the Packers have in front of them. And he can get out there and play and knows that he can be a part of something really special. Damon Harrison may only play 15, 20 snaps. He is going, you're going to get as much of Damon Harrison as he has left to give in those 15 or 20 snaps. The Seahawks thought and Pete Carroll thought he was done playing. And maybe he was in Seattle because they weren't using him. But he comes to a situation in Green Bay and he gets new life and he does want to play, he's obviously got something that he wants. The money's great, but some of these guys really do care about the prestige. And what a story it would be. He comes in and gets a chance to, to go to a Super Bowl contender and ends up, and it would be interesting too if he gets a chance to play against his old team on the way to reaching that Super Bowl and the Packers are able to take care of the Seahawks, hopefully at Lambeau Field because they secured the home field advantage. And win himself, be part of a Super Bowl championship. That's and you, I was going to say you could tell from you know during Matt Lafleur's press conference or interview um, on Thursday that you know he was excited. <laughs> and when you got when you got the head coach, you know visibly and you know just from his conversation, all that. I mean, you can tell that he's excited about a guy coming in. You should be excited as well. Billy Turner did a fantastic job in this first matchup up against Khalil Mack. Like I said, the Bears did not sack Aaron Rodgers 
one time. Now, I don't know that they're going to get the post to goose egg again in two games in a row. The Bears have a really good pass rush, and, and it's going to be tough. Roquan Smith in the middle. You got Trevathan, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack. We mentioned those guys. They're going to be coming after Aaron Rodgers. They smell blood in the water. But, again, it's not like the Packers are throwing some Joes out there. They have an answer. They're equipped to handle this situation where it's it's not David Bakhtiari. Obviously, would love to have Bach out there and give your other guys a bunch of different options. But it's it's never easy. Paul, you and I were talking before we started about the last two Super Bowl champions that this franchise has had in 2010. We don't need to remind everybody how many guys were injured and went down and other guys had to step up and make plays and, and be a part of that that season and winning. Tremont Williams is forced into the starting role because Al Harris is hurt. I don't think Al Harris played at all in 2010. And so Tremont ascends and becomes a big part of the defense there. You had Sam Shields as a rookie stepping in and playing. Des Bishop takes over for Nick Barnett. Des Bishop was fantastic and lights out. Charlie Pepra back at safety, kind of holding everything down in the other at the other safety spot there. There was a lot of guys. And at the end of the Super Bowl, it was Pat Lee, Jared Bush, and Tremont Williams at cornerback stymieing Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers offense run by Bruce Arians that had done so much through the regular season and the Packers won the Super Bowl. Back in 1996, Packers lost George Kuntz, the linebacker. Brian Williams steps in. They ended up getting Ron Cox. He comes in and becomes a big part of that team. Robert Brooks, the wide receiver, goes down. He gets hurt midseason. Andre Rising comes in and mitigates some of that there. there there's, it's never easy. There's always going to be somebody that's going to have to fill in. And look, the Packers still have to play at least four more games if they want to win a Super Bowl. If the Packers are playing four more games, then there's a good chance that that means that they made the Super Bowl. So they've they've got a lot in front of them, but guys are going to have to be ready to step in. And I think this roster is really deep. When you look at guys like Henry Black, Kadar Holman, some of those guys that have, have, you know, Chris Barnes, the undrafted free agent, Kamal Martin, the rookie, Ty Summers at times stepping in there. Uh, you know, Vernon Scott, the seventh rounder, those guys have all played a part. And when you've got quality depth like that, that's what makes makes a champion, I think. And like I said, I think the biggest thing, the biggest bummer for me about David Bakhtiari going down is that he's a good dude and he deserves to be in uniform when the Packers reach hopefully the pinnacle. But look, here's the deal, Paul. It's real simple. If David Bakhtiari wants to play in a Super Bowl, then the Packers are just going to have to get back there next year. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, maybe inappropriately assuming they're going to get there this year, but they definitely have to get there <laughs> next year if he wants to play in a championship. So before we sign off here on our first show of 2021, what's going on over Cheesehead TV and Dairyland Express leading up to this big Week 17 matchup between the Bears and the Packers? As I said on Friday at Cheesehead TV, had, I wrote about how this team and offense is well-equipped to handle the loss of Bakhtiari. I also got my big questions, X factors, all that good stuff, and then um, my initial reactions after the game. And we'll see what what uh, what is upcoming in the following two weeks before the next game. Awesome, good stuff. And I will have the post game recap up at Game on Wisconsin after the Bears and Packers game is over on Sunday. By the time we are doing this show next week, I hope we're talking about a bye week and we don't have a lot of injury updates because there is no game for the Packers to play because they beat the Bears and earn themselves a bye week, and we could talk about the wildcard weekend and some of the other matchups that might determine who faced Packers in the divisional round. So as always, 
You can find Paul on Twitter. He is at Paul underscore Brettel. He does some fantastic work for Cheesehead TV and Dairyland Express. I am Jason Perone over at Game On Wisconsin. Everybody, as always, happy new year. Continue to stay safe, stay warm, enjoy the game, and go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.